Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson here to talk more about yesterday, last night's game. So, well, I'm going to start with something not about this week's, that next week's game, but we have a short week, so we are condensing everything into one less podcast, etc., etc., to gear up for the Raiders. Um, injury news, I'll know more later today, but it was good to see that at Minka is nothing serious. That is a load off, that's for sure. That could have been, oh man, game changer for sure. See more about Landon Roberts, Gunner, those type of dudes. Um, I think Roberts will be all right, but I need to double check on that as well. A couple stock ups from that game. Warren, I mean, he, it looked like he missed an assignment in pass protection that led directly to a sack, but it's not 100% it was on him, but it sure looked like it. But he's been excellent after the catch. His quickness to the hole as a space player overall, tackle breaker. I've been very impressed with Jalen Warren. I'm not ready to anoint him as the number one bell cow guy, but he's certainly been more efficient than Najee. I mean, there's just no way around that. I'm going to get to George Pickens more later with some stats, but I thought he had a really good game, flashed number one receiver traits. Um, Watt and Highsmith, obviously. I mean, I don't think you need me to tell you that, that those two – Controlled the football game, but Harvin and Boz too. I mean, the, the kicking specialists both had really good games. And in a game like I, that, like this one, I thought it was absolutely crucial. Some stock downs, obviously Pickett. I mean, two, two weeks in a row now where he has hurt the team more than he's helped. Again, I'm not going to kill him. You know, boy, they got to trade up in the first round, get rid of this guy. He's a bust, you know. And it could just be a rough patch, but it's rough. I mean, it's definitely rough. And part of the roughness is stock down the entire run game. Maybe not Warren. I guess I just gave him a little kudos, but that was more of a receiver. Whole run game, whole offensive line. It sure feels like the defenses are keying on the runs, that there is some sort of tell that they know exactly what is coming. Even so, I mean, I looked at the box counts this morning, and frankly, the Browns faced heavier boxes on average in that game than the Steelers did. Not that the Steelers faced light boxes, but it wasn't just 10 men in the box running into the wall. I mean, brutal. Gunner, to me, is a stock down. I just don't understand. It was hard on him yesterday. I won't pow on injured dude. Um, poor tackling in this game. And you can't allow those huge cutback runs. You know, if you're, you know, that cutback defender, Wallace was the case at one point. You got to hold your ground. You got to be steady. And is it time to have cornerback concerns? I mean, namely Wallace, but is that group as a whole good enough? I mean, that was something we knew could derail the seat, the defense a little bit. Porter's not ready. Peterson looks old. Wallace is just an average jag, you know, and the slot dudes are okay. Mike King get involved this week. Who knows? Again, short week. Um, some other things. I mean, it's just typical podcast for me the day after. I mean, just all sorts of random notes I found. And, and Coach Tomlin referenced this a lot. That five down defensive lineman look that, that the Browns gave them really caused a lot of problems. It caused a lot of problems to the Bengals in week one. caused a lot of problems for the Steelers in week two. And the biggest reason is it's just hard to double people. You know, you, you pretty much can dictate one-on-one matchups, my five versus your five. And it's not that simple, of course. 
but you have to make them pay with quick hitters and slants and, you know, get the ball out on time with fewer, you know, people in the back end. Steelers didn't do that. I don't know if you guys realize this, but Ford, the backup running back, he ended up with 131 total yards in this game and clearly was the backup until the brutal, awful Chubb injury. Um, but 131 you gave up to Jerome Ford. I mean, between Chubb, Ford, and McCaffrey, two of whom are awesome, that's way too much yardage and big plays to the running back position. We'll get to that, too, going forward this week. Um, TJ Watt had four tackles, one sack, four quarterback hits, and a recovered fumble <laughs> that he returned for a touchdown. Not bad. Highsmith had seven tackles, two quarterback hits, a sack, a forced fumble, and an interception that he returned for a touchdown. Both these guys scored. Cleveland's edge rushers, Miles Garrett had one tackle and one quarterback hit. Zadarius Smith assisted on the tackle and had no quarterback hits. Neither recorded either of the two sacks the Browns had in this game. So, going back to Bosa, Garrett, Smith, those guys haven't killed you. I mean, not that the offense has been great, but these are facts. All right, quick break. I got some snap count stuff to talk about and a lot more. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, I have not yet seen the total snap counts for the team. I'm very interested about the defense. I will talk to you about that tomorrow. But through fantasy sites, I have found the skill position guys. So 54 possible snaps, which is a low number. Najee played 31. Warren played 23. That used to be more of a 2-to-1 ratio with Warren getting the third downs plus. And maybe that's... Closing a little bit. I'm, I'm certainly open to the idea that it will and maybe should. Tight ends out of 54 possible. Fryermuth played 41. Washington played 26. Hayward played 10. Didn't show up a lot in his 10, but so be it. Um, the wide receiver position. Robinson played 47. Pickens played 46. Austin played 41. Obviously, they were in 11 personnel a lot. Boykin played four. Gunner only played that one. So I know I'm hard on Gunner and killed him for his one play, but okay. Um, this is some stuff from Pro Football Focus. This week, Allen Robinson remained the primary slot receiver, but there were also plenty of snaps with Robinson out wide and Austin in the slot. If you remember when Deontay got hurt in week one, that's not how they handled it. They just kind of did an Austin one-for-one one split for Deontay. Well, they mixed it up in this game. The Steelers have historically rotated wide receivers in and out of 12 personnel to help keep their receivers fresh, which continued in this game. Austin played nearly as many snaps in 12 as Robinson. So when there's only two 
receivers on the field and two tight ends. They basically were 50-50. I thought that was interesting. Fryermuth, I thought he was in line for a big game. So his playing time hasn't changed, but he's caught only two passes for five yards over the last three games. Ooh, not good. I, I don't get it. Uh, this was the next-gen stat of the game. Deshaun Watson completed just three of 11 pass attempts while under pressure Monday night, bringing his total to seven of 22 while under pressure this season. Oh, boy. His minus 26.7 completion percentage over, expect, over expected while under pressure is the worst in the NFL among all qualified quarterbacks. I would be worried if I were the Browns. This is sort of nuts, and you probably heard it already. I tweeted it out earlier this morning. The Steelers had zero offensive red zone drives. They never reached the red zone. That's really bad. This is even crazier. The Steelers scored 26 points without snapping the ball inside the Browns 30-yard line in this game. Never snapped the ball inside the 30. Still scored 26 points. Back to Pickens. I teased it. I had a stat for him. You know I'm big on yards per route run. And this is a very small sample size, but over two yards per route run is elite. Like there was 10 or 15 receivers that got that all last year. In this game, against one game, he was at 4.23 yards per route run. 4.23. That's like double what you want the great player to be. Got to use him more. I don't know, care how, why, whatever. This guy needs more targets. It's That's becoming clear to me. Okay. Now, I think we need to put some things in perspective. I mean, Steelers are one and one. They're in second place in division. Has it been pretty? No. But in the AFC, only the Dolphins and Baltimore are 2-0. So, you're right there with the Chiefs and Bills and, you know, I mean, it's not so bad. And your only loss was to an NFC team, which is huge in the tiebreaker world. So, Steelers had two turnovers in this game. The Browns had four turnovers in this game. But when you go forward on fourth and don't get it, or if you miss a field goal, is really the exact same thing as a turnover as you just hand the ball back to the other team. If you look at it that way, the Browns had seven turnovers compared to two for the Steelers. The Browns had four traditional turnovers, were 0 for 2 on fourth down, and they missed a field goal. You miss a field goal, you hand the ball over to the opponent in a really good spot. I mean, think about your other option could have been punting and putting driving it into the 10-yard t- the line or whatever. So really, it was like a 7-2 to two turnover ratio when you do it the way I like to. Now, this is terrible. Through two games, the Steelers' offense is by far the worst in the NFL. Defense is slightly above average, and that's EPA we're talking about. EPA, to me, is the best judge. Clearly last in offense, defense is slightly above average. Two teams are worse rushing on offense than the Steelers. If you can believe there's anyone worse, it's the Vikings and the Raiders who are the upcoming opponent. Those two have been horrendous on the ground. We'll get the Raiders stuff later in the week. But yes, they have been worse than the Steelers. But the Steelers are last in passing EPA. Pittsburgh, and then here's another thing that's a little scary too. Pittsburgh's offense converts a series of downs into a new series of downs. Let me stop there for a second. Doesn't mean you convert on third. 
just means you get a set of downs and you turn it into a first down, another set of downs. You can do it on first down, you can do it on second, you can do it on third. But I think this is a really good metric that's new this year that I'm starting to dig into. So again, Pittsburgh's offense converts a series of downs into a new series of downs just 51% of the time. That is last in the NFL through two weeks. Brutal. Here's the other thing. Steelers offense is dropping back to pass on 74% of their snaps. Only the Vikings are higher. It ain't working. I mean, no matter what, it ain't working. All right. Well, once again, Steelers are one and one. They got two, what I think are easy games coming up. We'll see. Hopefully it gets a little better. But again, they're one and one. We'll talk tomorrow. Over and out.